This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. Right. But Albert, Albert, final word on... So what was, oh, what I, was I your booed. personal reception? I thought you would. I booed incessantly, but unfortunately for those around me, I was on a train at Pond Street Station at the time. Pardew <laughs> 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 came out on his own. It was a good, good 15, 25 seconds after Pardew. He was nowhere near The two of them were walking out. You know, there's pictures of the two of them walking out together, Nick. So you, I don't know. What, what, oh, what, I didn't see that. Well, you, no. might, you might have called them at different times, but sorry to, you know, yeah. sorry to correct Lots you. Lots in the chat. Yeah, you just diverted from the, <laughs> how wrong you were. Yeah, there's loads of stuff going on in the chat room. Don't you guys talk yeah. about. <laughs> um, Radio.net slash chat. Why are they called bicycle kicks? Just out of interest. I thought it was because whenever I see someone score a bicycle kick, I get the horn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, here are the suggestions for if pu- being pewless was a sex act, <laughs> <laughs> what would it be? Peggy uh, 18. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic work, Mikey. Tim Hewitt's gone for uh, pump one in early, but pump one in them early, then sit back. We have a winner. Um, Andy Sparrow has gone for concentrate entirely on rear card action and then bang one in when least expected. <laughs> send us an email visit holradio.net forward slash contact good evening and welcome to homestale radio my name is chris hambling and i'm your host tonight as we look back at yesterday's defeat to manchester united helping me chew over the frustration of it all are alex white hello hello albert curly yay hey nick gillard hello (laughs) hello and patrick o'connor Hi there. Hello. I've been reading things in my children's CV presenter voice, so I'm going to keep it going. We'll be hearing from the panel in just a moment on a variety of talking points, but we also want to hear from you. Head to holradio.net forward slash contact for all the ways to get in touch with the show today. And live chat is available at holradio.net forward slash chat during the show. And now, now in fact. Uh, To begin proceedings, let's pay a visit to News in Brief. Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. 
Crystal Palace have secured their place in the Premier League for another season and will be playing in the top flight of English football for a third season. Some repetition of the word season there, Tav. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, something that was achieved before kicking a ball yesterday afternoon. Alapardu has masterminded the most recent success at the club after a slow start to the season under Neil Warlock. He said season again. Um, I'm just And the randomizer says the next one will be read out by Nick Gillard. It's... In- <laughs> The Eagles fell to a 2-1 defeat yesterday evening after Juan Mata and Marouane Fliani. <laughs> I can't say the names. Can I, you got me to do that? <laughs> anyway, the tall bloke with the, um, with the Afro scored goals for Manchester United in a game that included a number of questionable decisions. Jason Punction scored the only goal of the game for Palace with another memorable free kick this season against a Manchester club. I nominate Alex. Oh, you're nominating now, are you? Okay. Uh, the nominations for the Crystal Palace Goal of the Season have been released by the club ahead of the awards night at the Fairfield Halls on Wednesday night. The nominations for the award include Jason Punchin's goal against Newcastle, Skipper Mila Yednax against Liverpool, Shamak's FA Cup goal against Southampton, Punchin's free kick against Manchester City, and Yannick Balassi's second goal against Sunderland. You can vote for your favourite by heading to cpfc.co.uk. Go on, Patrick. You can have this one. Alongside the Goal of the Season Awards, there will be a number of awards will handed out, including Player of the Year, Fan of the Year, hopefully won by our own Chris Hambling, Young Player of the Year, and a special award given to Jeff Thomas. The new kit for the next season will also be revealed on Wednesday night. Tickets cost $26.50 and are available at the Fibber Holds or via the club. News in Brave. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com Get in touch with the show. All of our contact details can be found at holradio.net forward slash contact. Yeah, that's right. Not only do you get news in brief, but you get two jingles as well. You lucky, lucky people. Um... Nick wants me to mention uh, the last week uh, when they were coping with the fact that me and Terence were still in the pub after the Chelsea game. Um, that uh, you did a wonderful job, Nick. I have to say that on air. It was, it was cracking effort from from you, Joe and Patrick. Well done. Uh, but you much. had the you had the hashtag listening to whole radio from um, that you did, and obviously there some incredible worth. Uh, uh, tweets came in from as far and wide as Northampton, <laughs> Honduras, <laughs> Wash- uh, sorry, Wellington, New Zealand, there isn't no Washington in New Zealand, um, Avonmore, which is, I believe, in Scotchland, I've got to stop saying Scotchland, people hate me, uh, Queensland, Australia, Gold Coast from Paul there, uh, EX5, down there in Exeter, SE19, a bit closer to home, there's, yeah, there's loads, we've got emails in as well, the X5 All over sounded the like a, an alien planet. <laughs> so EX5. I, I reckon someone on planet ex5 is listening <laughs> we're massive on ex5 yeah. not so big on ex6 no but you know what they're like uh, can i ask you before we talk about uh yesterday um yeah. you were at the game last week chris none of us were on the show so give us a flavor of what it was like boat trip and all in less than two minutes uh, less than two minutes. Well, I'm the wrong person to ask because I was in a bit of a state having had no sleep at all. But um, the boat trip was was a lot of fun. Lots of singing. All the, you know, it was just. I suppose 
it almost felt like a, at the end of season kind of atmosphere, really. And everyone sort of enjoyed themselves. Game itself, great atmosphere from the Palace fans. Um, Chelsea were a bit louder than usual as well, sort of enjoyed their contribution. Um, and in the terms of the game, you know, we actually, we're, we're getting good against top level clubs. And once again, we, we could argue we deserve something out of that match. You've still got to bring it. Have I, okay, it's really pleasing to see that though. It's really pleasing to see us go away to a to a huge club, to the you know the champions, and actually put in a performance deserving of, of more than we got. So there you go. Um, let's just we'll save the rest of the time because we've got so many forward reviews and stuff for later. Um, there's a couple of things I do want to mention. First up is uh, Scarlet wish, Scarlet's wish to walk. You may remember Scarlet, uh, um, so a young girl who had who has cerebral uh, cerebral palsy. A uh, huge sum of money was raised to help her have her life-changing op- operation, which she's now had. Uh, but she's still in need of, of very expensive physiotherapy to get um, the best results possible from that operation. Obviously, money is still desperately needed. And um, Lou Arnold, who you also notice is vote, um, nominated as Fan of the Year, um, she's she's got involved and put up a, uh, a Facebook group, uh, which we'll tweet. I'll tweet that um, a little bit later. I'll send it to Tav to tweet during the show, the actual link to the Facebook group. But just keep your eyes out. There's a sponsored walk being organised. It's going to be a, on Saturday the 1st of August. It's a night walk, and their idea at the moment is five miles with a pint per mile planned. So that sounds like um, an entertaining sponsored walk. <laughs> You're drunk by the end of it. It's brilliant. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I say, I'll... Um, I'll get a link tweeted during the show. It'd be great if um, if people want to do the walk. That's the main thing, get people behind it. Also, sponsor those who are doing it, but just get involved somehow. And um, we'll be sort of keeping up to date with that over the next few weeks, all the way up until it happens, and, um, you know, get our support behind it. Not sure if any of the, the lads will be up for it. I can't walk more than sort of five yards, really, without sweating profusely, so I'm not sure I'll do the walk, but I'll certainly back anyone who does want to. I've got gout. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good excuse. But Alex, you're a young man. I am, but I've got some horrific injuries. So, but I, you know, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, put, you know, bring the boots back out. Let's go. There you go. Nice one. Can you handle the five um, pints? Ale- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm legally old enough to drink them as well. So why don't you go home? <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but I am already at home. <laughs> Don't tell the listeners that. You're in the virtual, st- I mean, the actual real studio, not the virtual studio. Well, this is um, awkward. Yeah, it's very awkward. Alex, there was something else I wanted to mention that I've already forgotten. Sully Kai Kai got that the young player of the season for Cambridge, which is quite an achievement. Yeah, it's the sort of thing you want, isn't it, when you when you send a young player out on loan to a, to a club in League Two, for them to be... You know the best young player at that club, and he's he's really come on sort of leaps and bounds there, and he's very well thought of, and you know he's got a very good chance if he um, if he keeps developing the way he has. But it's it's great, absolutely great to see that. So congratulations to him. Um, so yeah, that'll do. Um, I do want to start off. We've got a couple of little tweets in earlier on. I just want to start off with, and we've got loads of forward reviews. So I'll probably do a few of those pre-game uh, as well as post-game chat. Um, but yeah, earlier on, the, the we were asking what sort of things people wanted to set the tone about in terms of the discussion, and the pigeons were quite a factor. Matthew Carter, for example, said the pigeons are getting braver. Might have to get a hawk in to scare them off. I'm sure, we've got an eagle, haven't we? Shouldn't that be doing something? Um, Brent Morgan has said, uh, mention the fact that Michael Oliver is a twat and doesn't have the bollocks to officiate games that include bigger clubs. I think that's going to be a theme. Uh, and Mike Tim's continuing that, saying everybody knows that if those incidents were against Man United, the handball call would have been waved off and the second goal would have been uh, waved away for the push. So that is the general consensus of what we'll be talking about today. And yeah, not too far off. So let's do it. Let's have a few forward reviews before we start chatting. Terence Ford 
with uh, the libel attracting um, <laughs> Oliver Invoices Van Hal. That is the opinion of Terence Ford from redandbluearmy.co.uk. Um, <laughs> should any legal action be forthcoming, send it his way. I'm sorry, I'm going to drop myself right in it later with the stuff I say. Uh, John Shuttleworth has gone for wank, mank, think, thank Oliver. Oh, I messed that up for you. Wank, mank, thank Oliver. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. right. Simon Prong has gone for punch and change the game, and Quentin Soldan with finishing with a whimper. Which I suppose is a little bit of a worry. Uh, loads and loads more. I'll do the Twitter ones a little bit later on um, after after the chat. So, gentlemen, I've been talking a lot. So yeah. let's get you talking. Um, let's talk about the lineup. Another big test for Soiree. Uh, how did it go, Nick? Hit and miss, wasn't he? I thought he got forward well, especially later on in the second half. He was getting some some good crosses in, um, but he wasn't there for the whole ninety minutes. I thought he he looked a bit lost, but so did Zaha playing on that wing with him. Well, they both yeah. run their socks off. Yeah, absolutely right. They'd put in an awful lot of effort, but it was um, it was certainly the, well, I say the weaker of the two wings. It was just, I think it's, Man United looked more secure on that side, definitely. Um, but if you actually, um, yeah, well, if you look at, at the opposite side, um, I'm going to probably bring this up again uh, later on as well, but Joel Ward really struggled with Ashley Young. Why, why the hell was that? Why the hell was that? Alex, help. Oh, God, he made him look like Ronaldo out on that wing, didn't he? It was just every single time. And, and I don't want to be harsh on Wardy, but I don't think he's been anywhere near as good this season as he has last season. Um, and I know a lot of people have actually thought that he's kind of got player of the year and things like that, but he's played in every position and you've really got to love that kind of utility side to Joe Ward's game and he'll do a job wherever. Um, but it's just... It's kind of getting worse and worse for me every kind of week. Uh, he just it, I'm pleased he signed a new deal because the potential's there and we can all see what Joel Ward can do because we saw it last season under under Pulis while he was at, at left back. Um, it just it seems like he's got a lot of learning to do. It's just it, it's weird to see the the kind of the decline, which is, is is annoying. But I think maybe a pre-season would be good for him. He's played a lot of games this year. We can't forget that. Has he missed a game this season? I think he's missed one game this it's season. Just one game the other week, yeah. You know, he's played a lot of football. Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. You know, the kind of the decline. He's playing lots of different positions, which is tough. But it's tough because obviously we know how good he is. Um, but he could definitely get back to that that standard that he was and on the verges of the England squad and, and talks about signing for, for bigger clubs. Yeah, well, certainly if, if he's got any designs on doing that, he's got to play better than he did yesterday. But having said that, um, obviously Ashley Young was taking a lot of stick out. But, but um, you know, Louis van Holt's not he's not an idiot. He might be a strange person, but he's, he's not an idiot. Um, <laughs> is, it, is it fair to say that um, Ashley Young has actually recovered quite a lot of form and is looking back to somewhere near his best? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's still, you know, still, still likes a tumble, though, doesn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. I was just going back to what Alex was saying. I don't think, I don't think Ashley Young's anywhere near, uh, you know, as good as he was made to look yesterday. I just think he's right. Um, what about you know Ward? I don't know. Yeah, too much football. Is he tired? Is he you know? Is he carrying a knock? Um, but you know, as Alex said, he's he certainly um, declined over the past couple of games, which is a shame, really, because he was you know he was meant to be a replacement for decline, wasn't he? So. <laughs> well. well well, well done. Just, I'll just uh, Patrick. <laughs> um, without you know, maybe with slightly. If you've got a better pun, that will definitely help. Um, oh, yeah, I don't what, do no. Uh, what was, what, what was your view of that whole the whole Young Ward situation? Because it is 
it was confusing. It's not something I expected to see. A couple of things. I think people underrate um, Ashley Young. He's had a very good season. If you take a look at how he's played this year, he's played a lot better under Van Hardy than he played last year. Um, he's a good player. and um, Yeah, he's a good player, Patrick. Ward made him look like bloody Lionel Messi out on that wing. He beat him. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think Ward tackled him once. I, I agree. And I think the pitch has something to do with it, definitely on the on the handball, Alex. But honestly, um, Ash Young had, has had a very good season. He's a good player. I mean, the guy plays for England. People like, I mean, everybody likes to make fun of it. I mean, um, Albert just said it, you know, about the, the, the diving. And we all know he dived. But the, he's a good player. He's very trigger-wing. And I'm, and I'm going to say, go on a limb and say, I don't think he played, uh, Ward played against a better winger all year. He really hasn't. Because he didn't play against Chelsea last week. So he wouldn't have faced Hazard. So when you think about it, he hasn't really played against a better player, maybe in Man City side. So... He played a good play and he got beat. I mean, people want to, uh, you know, say how great Ward he is and he is, has a good season. But honestly, he hasn't played against a paper like Young all year. And, and yesterday he, he got he got shown up. But again, it wasn't um, something I, I was shocked about because, again, I think people really underrate Ashley Young. But Do you think you need to rest, though, Patrick? Because looking at, you know, last season he played pretty much every game bar a couple through injury, left back, right back, central midfield. Again, he's done the same this year. Is it, you know, is it... Is it too much to say that the, the guy needs a bit of a rest now for the next few games. It, it could be because, like you said, it, the only game he missed all year was last was uh, all season was was last week's game against Chelsea. So maybe he does need a rest. But again, I just think that he came up against a much better player yesterday and he got and got shown up for it. it doesn't make him a bad player. He had, everybody let's, has bad matches, so he had a bad match. Let's get Nicholas's view on this. I believe he might. Well, it's, speak. It, it's not my view. It's the chat chat room's view. Wholeradio.net slash chat. Um, Lions five fifty. Suarez was a lot better than Ward. Um, but he said you can see that he's still unsure on how to take players on. Um, Robert, um, sorry, they're talking about the blooming election in there. It's getting boring. Um, that, uh, the pitch <laughs> didn't help Ward either, said Cool Eagle 89. Um, Dweeb, no one can stand up for long on our pitch. Uh, Booted Eagle said he's probably knackered. Um, and Lions 550 agrees with Patrick and Alex. But um, we, we spoke about Ward at the back. He's had a bad game and he doesn't have many really, does he? What um, what about Jedinak yesterday? Mm. Um, I thought he did all right. I I, I, this, I, I mean, I, it's, it's what I wanted to talk about next. Of us, uh, you know, McJedley came back. Um, go on, Patrick, you about to say something? Let's, let's go. Yeah, um, I think Jedinak did a great job. I mean, if you look, if you watch it, he had a, he had a job to do. He had to mark Fellaini, and the only time Fellaini had with the impact was on the goal. Uh, when he was, you know, when Falcao pushed, you know, pushed pushed a demo into the goalie. So I thought. Jada did a great job in what he was told to do, which is basically to mark Flynn out the match. And you had to have someone do that yesterday, which is why I think he brought McJedley back. You had to have someone in the middle with Flaney's size, where he bodies people uh, to play. And I thought Jada, Jada did a great job in doing what he was told to do yesterday, which is mark out Flaney. Yeah, I mean, it was very, very clear early on that he was sticking to him. And just, right. and he, yeah, it's fair to say Flaney had no real influence on the game until Jedinak went off. But uh, Albert, you got a slightly <coughs> different view? I don't know. Does anybody not think that Yadinak's body language isn't quite right. He just seems to he be. He looks a bit... uncomfortable. He looks uncomfortable to me. He doesn't too. look happy. Uh, I don't yeah, know why. To me, it just looks like he's being asked to do something that he's kind of not used to. Obviously, that, that man marking a flaney, yes, but kind of playing in that midfield that's maybe four, five, six yards higher up the pitch, he looks kind of uncomfortable doing that. Um, it's weird. You see him tracking back and chasing things back, and I'm not used to seeing that from Jednak. All I'm used to is seeing him sitting in front of the back four. To right. me, he looks quite uncomfortable in the role that he's been given now, and, and obviously, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen over the summer in terms of, in terms of changing, who knows? 
Well, it's yeah, we you know we can speculate. Certainly, he hasn't hasn't looked quite right. When he came back in against West Ham before the for the elbow, he looked very comfortable, just like his normal self. Um, but he is he is clearly being asked to do something a little bit different, and that's why. I mean, even yesterday, he found himself in the box uh, at one point with um, you know, being the furthest player forward, and didn't really know what to do about it. And um, that's <laughs> kind that of. A- yeah, he's exactly. had a roller coaster year, though, Chris, hasn't he? I mean, yeah, he has, he's yeah, yeah. been in the World Cup, he's scored in the World Cup, he's played in the Asia Cup and lifted that. Then he's back, backwards and forwards. He's, he's barely had a break, has he? Injuries um, exactly. as well. And, yeah. um, you know, he had four the, game suspension. That's, that's quite a long break. Mm. No, yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It did have a long break. I don't really think that particular break did him any good. It's worth mentioning that he had quite quite a nasty ankle injury playing for Australia, and and they actually made him play through it to a point. I think he had one game off, but then they just brought him back. So he had to play through that, and I would say that possibly is is something that people aren't really taking into account. I know we I talk about. Mm. Sorry, because I know we talk about him having that four game break and how that might be a good thing for him. But the type of player that Jidnak is. He, you know, he needs to play games consistently and get stuck in and kind of get that routine and that consistent football. That's what he needs. He's the true, you know, he's the truest professional on our team. He's the fittest player on our team. He's the strongest player on our team. He thrives on playing every single week and every single game for ninety minutes. So no, maybe, you know, maybe he's been hampered by the injuries and and taking time out and, and suspensions. And it's just been a very long year for him. And and I think that's kind of why we're petering out now. You look at Ward. You look at Jednak. Looks like you know, if we could end the season now, we probably would. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a fair comment. Um, although I don't necessarily think that the performances, certainly against Chelsea and Man United, are actually that bad. They've been potential. They've been a bit very frustrating, and at times I've felt a little uninspiring. Um, but you know, we're competing on a very level playing field with these teams now, um, far more than than I, I ever expected at the start of this season. So, you know, I think it's important to keep it in in perspective. Uh, Albert. Yeah, I was gonna. I said some. I said some. My my dad yesterday. So I'll actually be quite annoyed if we if we play well yesterday because you, you look at the performances against West Brom and Hull where we you know we should really be treating those games to seal our safety a lot earlier and you know keep other teams hopes alive down the bottom and then we seem to turn it turn it on for Chelsea and, and turn it on not quite as much but certainly second half turn it on against Man United I've just found that a bit um I find that quite frustrating in all honesty yeah um I call Patrick a quick Albert. See, I, I go back to those two matches. And I'm going to say it again. I said it uh, on previous shows. I think the Holland West Brom games, they needed those games more than we did. And I'm telling you right now, if you look at the way Leicester's playing now, even Burnley, even though they lost yesterday, you know, even though they, they got relegated, certain teams at the bottom of the, of the table have been playing at a high level because they need it more. And we just haven't needed those points. I know you said we have worked Matthew Merkey safe, but I get that point. But Holland West Brom are so desperate. For those wins, and that's why they beat us, as opposed but to. But wouldn't, wouldn't you argue that Chelsea were desperate for the win to claim the title, no. and Man United were desperate for the points to secure fourth place? I would say no, because I think that the, the, there's a different mindset when you're bottom of the table than you're at the top of the table. I know what you're saying. Chelsea were going to win the table, we're going to win the league anyway, and so were Man United going to qualify anyway for Champions League. They just were. Whereas you know, there's no guarantee, and there is no guarantee even now Hull's going to survive. Even with that win against us, they're still, for me, maybe the favourites to go down still. So I just think that mindset yeah. is totally different when you're top versus the bottom. For me, for me, Patrick, the word would be desperation. They're desperate yes, down exactly. the bottom. That Chelsea weren't, weren't desperate for the win. They they wanted it. They were focused on it. And Mourinho set them up for it. But right. um, and similar with Man United yesterday, they were they didn't play very well at all um, oh, against oh, Palace. They right. really didn't. And but but they were set up to win the game, and they know how to win games. But um, just just picking up on a, um, the listening to whole radio from hashtag. 
We've got David Bray, who's in Milford on Sea. No, that's Paul Baker, who's in Milford on Sea. I don't know where Milford on Sea is. Anyone? By the sea. No. By the sea. Thanks, thanks, Albert. Uh, David Bray is in Montrose in Scotland. He's told me where that is. Thank you very much. And Daly is annoyingly in sunny Tenerife. Um, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Very <sighs> nice. Last time I was there, someone got beheaded in a supermarket. Oh, were you, you were there for that. I remember that story. Yeah. Nice. Um, you you were in no way connected to that incident. No, I was I was more disconnected than the head itself. So right. Can't remember not to encourage you. Really. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. Next. Uh, next little bit of this in terms of the uh, who was back. In we sort of. Well, I suppose I was talking about did did McJedley work? Sorry. In my opinion on that is um is that in in. <laughs> kind of yes and no, really. I thought Jednak initially um, looked looked a bit more secure, but because he was having to roam the pitch a little bit, it wasn't the sort of McJedley thing that we know and and love sort of thing. Um, and we really did miss Punchin, and I thought that was that was shown in the second half when he came on, um, and and really did affect the game massively. But it's also on a return on the bench for Shamak and Campbell. Um, obviously, great to see Shamak back. Don't you know he's got another year in his contract, and I really hope. Um, we find a way of integrating him, him back in the side as soon as possible, really. Uh, but Fraser Campbell's what about Campbell? One. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the discussion. But the reason I bring it up is not um, not at some great cry to, to get Campbell on instead of Murray or anything like that. But it's just to point out that Dwight Gale is was once again nowhere. Uh, do we think that's it for him? Do we think? Um, I no think more so. Game? I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think he'll be done this summer, unfortunately, because you know we've all seen what he can do in front of goal. You give him a chance, he'll score. But he just doesn't really fit in our setup, which is is, is the really sad thing. Um, even obviously coming off the bench, it looks like that, that he doesn't really have an opportunity, and it's just really really sad because obviously we've seen him even grow as a player, even over last season to to what he's up to this season. For me, he's, he's just grown so much in stature and strength, everything like that. Um, but I think I think he's got to go and play play football. I think that's the reality for for Dwight, and we can't hang on to him for much longer because he's got a career ahead of him. And I think we just we have to let him go if if the offer comes in. Uh, go on, Nick. Well, yeah, we've we've we'll always remember him for those goals against Liverpool. Him and Murray working together. Do you do you think I'll ask you this question? Uh, do you think there's a case to say that you don't maybe don't have to be quite so hasty in saying he's going to got to go? No, why not a year? Well, you've just said it in the chat there, Albert. Why not a year's loan? Get him out well, on loan for a season. It could be. Do you remember when um, I can't remember who the manager was? Got Johnny Williams to just to take a few weeks out, be away from football for a bit, get your head together. I'm just wondering if um, that worked a treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's never been injury-free since then, has he? You've got to think about it, though. Dwight Gale's come to a point where he's going to need consistent game time playing, things like that. I can't see him wanting to go out on loan. For me, me, oh, me personally, he won't get a Premier League loan move because we won't allow him to go on to loan to a Premier League team. If he wants to get that Premier League move, you know, we won't be able to loan him out. Well, and I can't see him wanting to go out on loan, personally. My, well, I, I would view it like this, simply, that, OK, he's shown he can score goals at, at Premier League level, but he hasn't consistently shown that he can put in a, a Premier League performance for 90 minutes and, and that might sound harsh because um, it's very much judging him in, in you know in the positions that we play him and, and the amount of time that we give him but for me he, I actually think you're right and he won't get a Premier League move on loan but he wouldn't get a permanent one either I don't think I think his next move would be to a championship club and for me I just think it's such a huge risk 
Um, QPR? Just to get rid. <laughs> QPR is a possibility. If they're allowed in the championship. They're, yeah, actually, they'll probably be in the conference, aren't they? But, um, but you know what I mean? I just. Well, I, I right they're there as well. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, you've heard strong rumours from Bournemouth. That's a possibility, Alex. And uh, he might work playing alongside Callum Wilson, who looks, uh, looks a real player there. But um, go on, Nick. You said you again. Yes, uh, jdog3 in the chat room, wholeradio.net slash chat, said bizarrely enough towards the end yesterday, when Murray was laying stuff off to Yannick, it would have been perfect for Gale. Um, King B's raised a good point that this isn't really Pardew's team. This is a team he inherited. So it would be interesting, there will be a lot, you know, he'll be thinking, right, this is the team I want. And if if it don't fit the bill, then... Good luck to him. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's got to be very careful about changing too much, though, um, too quickly. And I, I like, I'm happy that he's talking about, you know, two or three big change, you know, big players rather than like multiple changes over the summer. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, look, I, I couldn't agree more with J Dog about the um, about the situation with Yannick. I'm fed up with him being up front. I'll be quite honest with you. Um, and if it carries on, I'm going to start losing my temper on whole radio about it. But I, I'm just fed up. He's not a striker. Uh, I don't care that he plays it for Congo. I don't care that he's got the attributes for it in terms of the strength and the pace. He's not a centre forward. Like no, don't like it at all. And, and uh, you know, the biggest thing for me is, Chris, sorry just to jump in, when Neil Warnock did it, he got absolutely slated. I don't want to start turning people against Pardew. No, but, no, no. you know, when Warnock did it, he got absolutely slated. It's wrong. He shouldn't be playing up front. Everyone knows that it didn't work. I get why he's doing it. He scored those three goals against Sunderland when he was dropping inside. He wasn't playing up front that day, though. I get it if he, if he, if he naturally drifts inside, but he's not a centre-forward, and he never will be, unfortunately. No, it's, it's not working for me. Uh, Patrick, sorry, you wanted to jump in on I Gale. Want to go back, I wanted to go back to the Gale thing. I think it definitely depends on the system. Now, um... Somebody mentioned, Alex mentioned Bournemouth. Bournemouth do play a 4-4-2. Gale has to play in a 4-4-2. And again, we've all noticed that you don't see a 4-4-2 that much in the, in the Premier League anymore because it just doesn't work. Most teams will play the you know the 4-2-3-1 or the one striker because it, it just behooves you to, to flood the midfield. So if Bournemouth come up, come up next year and play the 4-4-2, I can see him going to Bournemouth. If not, he has to go to the championship side because they all play 4-4-2 in the championship. It works better for him. He will light the league up next year in, in that type of a, a formation. But I don't see him... Uh, doing it for us or for anybody else at this level in a, in a in a system that with plays with only one striker, he just he just can't do it. He's incapable of doing it. It's unfortunate. If anyone uh, struggles for the um, the sort of the connection in the next few minutes seconds, it's because Nick has uploaded a picture to our chat. It's about one point eight meg. So we'll probably just <laughs> I see that. Yeah, yeah well done, mate. Uh, it's a picture of picture of the pigeons. <laughs> thanks, thanks mate. well done. Sorry about that. Um, just thought I'd slack him off for it. Michael Oliver. <laughs> can we talk? Can we talk about McJedley for a little bit more? Is that coming? Up oh next? yeah, of course you can. Yeah, go on. I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Go on. Sorry, I just, I, I, you know, I, as Patrick knows, we kind of disagreed at the start of the season. That I didn't like it. I don't. I can't see why we'd ever play James McCarthy. Is it James McCarthy is a number ten? I've grown a lot on James McCarthy. I think he's a very good player, but he's just not a number ten. You know, he got the ball on the edge of the box in the first half and turned around. That's not what you want from from him. You know, he's got one goal this season and no assists. He's not a number ten. Natural. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start slating him. But for me, I think I think we just flattered them way too much. I understand playing Jednat there to take out Fellaini, but they've played a deep line midfielder as well. They've played Blind. 
to accommodate yeah. what we're going to bring to them, which is a number 10 and somebody like Punchy and even Shamak on the bench that's going to give them something to think about. By put, you know, taking Flaney out of the game and then having MacArthur in there, we just allowed their midfield so much space, so much space. We didn't give them anything to think about. And that's what changed in the second half, that Blind had to be, you know, he was getting pushed back deeper. Fellaini was less effective apart from his goal, obviously. But we just gave him too much respect for me personally in the first I, half. I, th- I, d- I did have a very similar opinion in the first half that we were a bit too respectful of them. But um, mm. I thought I do think that Pardew does like to to try and spring a surprise every now and then, and I, and I think the dropping of punch and and playing, well, I think what he wanted was the midfield to sort of rotate a bit, and you saw that. Well, I say the midfield, Ledley and and Macarthur to sort of rotate a little bit, um, and it, it kind of happened like maybe once or twice, but I think we were just struggling. We were playing a lot of uh, long diagonal passes in that first half that kind of cut out the midfield, so we didn't really didn't see, see it see it to get it function too much we'll come back to that but um, I know Patrick wants to get involved in this yeah yeah quickly I mean you know I, I do like to make deadly as as a concept before but I'm you know I'm agreeing with Alex on this one I, I it doesn't work uh without listen you have to have Jason Punch in the lineup he, he's the most creative player we have he's our to me he's probably our best player um again I really still think that Pardew is struggling with who do I play out of MacArthur Jedi and Ledley. And I'm telling you right now, I would play MacArthur in Jedi. I would drop Ledley. I know that's not a popular opinion, but I think that Jedi brings so much more than Ledley does. None of the three of them can score goals, but at least Jedi gives us a free kick and a penalty kick. Uh, Attic is so right. I saw MacArthur two or three times yesterday in front of the goal, either take a really poor shot or turn his back on, or take, take a shot. And I never see Ledley in the box anymore because he's always never going to score. So I would much rather see Jedi and MacArthur in there with punch and then ever see McJedley again. Because for me, um, we've got to have a goal score midfielder. Now, of the three, Jedi is the best of the three. It's an interesting point. I, I, I'm torn on it totally. Like, I can understand why you probably speak to a different, every fan and they'll have a different opinion on it, I think. You know, I, I think we miss Ledley when he's not there. A lot of the work he does. I think we look slightly less secure and certainly look a le- less mobile when it's Jedinak in there. Um, and and we're try- when we are trying to play the ball around and we are trying to, you know, certainly if teams are high-pressing us, I, I much prefer having um, uh, uh, Ledley over Jedinak. But then, you know, I, I completely concur about what Jedinak does bring to the team. It's a, it's a real difficult one. It's, this, it's a transition for us in the midfield. I think, you know, w- without unless we start looking at another system that tries to get people involved in a different way, it's just, you know, it, it's very, very hard one to call, I think. Uh, that is... I've, Albert, that is a fantastic joke. Did when Ward played holding midfield with Melee, did we ever call it Jed Ward? No, no, we didn't. Um, this, look, Why this, not? <laughs> we should have done. Hang on, speak again. <laughs> Sorry, say, say again. Why not? All right, you sound fine. I thought for a second you'd gone robot, Albert, but you're fine. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I just um, yeah, I, I don't that think that little Mickey. <laughs> I don't think there's a de- uh, we can we can ever end this debate about the midfield. I'd be interested to know what what the listeners think and what the guys think in the chat room um, about how that they would solve the midfield problem. Because if, if you are if you're saying that Punchin's the guy in behind the forward and he certainly made that, that spot his own at the moment, in spite of uh, the fact that Shamak's been out injured and is now back, um, it's how how do you deal with the, the two behind it? Or can anyone think of a, a system that would work better? Do let us know hlradio.net forward slash contact. We've got um, some stuff in the chat. Um, can yeah. we mention Owen Garvin just to make us feel better about how far we've progressed? Do we <laughs> thought MacArthur was superb yesterday? Yeah. Um, Lyon said MacArthur's player of the year. Um, and they're talking about um, 
Player of the Season awards next week, which you're going to, are you? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I'm taking uh, Terence and Alex Penge as my mandates. <laughs> chaperones. Uh, chaperones, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go, yeah going to that. Um, it, for me, it's got to be MacArthur. Um, I just I understand what Alex is saying about him yesterday, but when he you know played in the correct way, he's. I mean, he's probably. You say he's only scored the one goal. I think he's scored two, hasn't he? Um, well, Mr. Salad on. Oh no, he has got two now, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A header which was actually off the shoulder against Stoke, and then he got he got another one, yeah. didn't he? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not debating. I think MacArthur's a brilliant player, and I said that, but I just don't think we can sit yeah. at home against anybody. I don't care if they're Manchester United or not. With with Ledley, MacArthur, and Jednat, I just I just don't think that works. I think that flatters anybody in the Premier League far too much. Okay. Um, okay. Well, look, I was going to talk about Michael Oliver. We'll we'll, um, we'll skip that for a second. We will come back to it because it's it's something we've got to talk about at, at length. Um, but I'll just do a quick sort of uh, run through of the, the, what we've been talking about, really, and uh, which was was the first half. The gen- in general play, we were reasonable, I thought, but we did give Man United too much respect. Decent early exchanges, but we went long. Uh, usually a long diagonal passes, which are rash. I think the idea was to try and get Yannick on the ball quickly, but I don't think a long ball up for him to chase and challenge the defence um, really suits Can him I... in, any, in any way. Wait. <laughs> no, go on. You've derailed me now. No, Delaney, people around oh. me were coating him for playing those long diagonal balls across the pitch, but he's only doing what the gaffers told him, surely. Well, he's that... always done it, though. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a debate. I remember I've said this before on the show, but I can remember um, it was a long, long time ago. It was actually when we were play, when, uh, playing under Dougie Friedman and, and Johnny Williams had been playing a fair few games, and I just happened to have a, a chat in passing with him. Um, a few of us did, and we were talking about the fact we're going, oh, you know, why have we, why have we gone long ball all of a sudden? And he actually made the point. He goes, when when a team goes long ball like that, it's not always a direct instruction from the manager. It's just it it, it sometimes you get into that mentality. You sort of look and you've been told, you've got, I mean, for example, you've been told, let's get the ball to Yannick as quickly as possible. Well, Damien Delaney's sort of got, gets the ball at his foot. He looks up and thinks, what, what are my options? Mm-hmm. And the whole team's geared towards getting the ball to Yannick. So he might, you know, he's going to hit it to Yannick um, or, or, no, or get the ball up to Glenn. I think sometimes it's, it's not an instruction, smack the ball, hit the channels all the time, but it's an easy ball. A long ball is always the easy ball out of defence. And, but, you know, but yeah, that changed when Punchin came on and offered yes, something. He, he exactly. always the ball. So, That's because yeah. he comes back and stands next to him and says, Oi, you're not give kicking the ball. the ball long. Give me right. the ball now. Well, that's but, you know, you, you yeah. need, sorry, Alex. You, just, you need players to do that sometimes. That You need your you midfield. Do, yeah. Certainly, um, you know, in, in the first half, there's enough in the midfield there to, for them to go, well, hold on a second. Let's, you know, let's put a stop to this. There's a captain in there who can say, right, we're, we're not really getting any joy out of this. Let's, let's, manage, let's manage the team on the pitch, you know, because Pardew can't do anything till half-time. So let's manage this. Let's say, you know, OK, James MacArthur, drop back a little bit, pick the ball up. Joe Ledley, drop back a bit, pick the ball up. Let's, let's change it up because at the moment we're hitting it long to Murray, we're hitting it long to Balassi, uh, hitting it long at, in the general direction of Wilf. And, you know, it's just coming straight back. So that's what you want to see, really. So I think it, I understand what you're saying, Nick. And I, I heard a lot of people talk about Delaney like that. And he didn't have his best game, in all honesty. But, um, but certainly there's more to it than it, it just being a case that Delaney's hitting it long, um, I think. There you go. Um, obviously, early in that first half, we did we were threatened by um, Blinn's long range strike. Um, 
good save, very good save by Julian Speroni, which shouldn't be forgotten because um, he fingertips to it, tipped it onto the post. So an absolutely top save. But then it's not long after that that we get the penalty decision. So let's let's talk about the penalty decision. I've written in my um, in my show notes, no, then then an expletive way. Uh, I've seen all of the replays, and you just cannot give them. You you can't give that as a penalty. The referee's guessed. Uh, he's got no clear view, and if it's if it's not a hundred percent certain, the actual laws of the game are you do not give the penalty. Correct. Okay? Because um, the benefit and, of the doubt goes to the defender in yeah. that position. Because and you have to think about it like this: the referee has told Alan Pardew supposedly that it was a gut feeling. I'm sorry, mate. You're not paid to make gut feelings. You're paid to see what you see. If you don't see, if you you know, if you if you can't see it clearly, the benefit of the doubt goes to the centre half there, surely. And the yeah. worst bit is the ball's going straight to the goalkeeper. There's nobody in the box. What, for me, there's no. You get. You're not going to get any trouble in any trouble if you don't give that. That's what I don't no. get. Is and he's just had it in his ear, and he just. For me, I just. I just infuriated. Yeah. You know, Young, absolutely yeah. infuriated by that. It's just pathetic. Young's what was so annoying. Was it was kind of against the run of play, and it it was. You don't mind getting beaten, if. You're beaten fair and square, but that just seems so off, and it was just bloody typical. Absolutely typical. I've got great footage of me that where the where the players come off at half time. I I can get to the steps I'm above where the players are coming in. And um I've got a great video of me showing a big five ref, big five ref. I'll have to um Yeah. Um, Patrick, just, big five ref. Patrick, why don't you speak since you've used the system we have in place for this? No problem. I'm watching it now, Chris, and I'm gonna admit when I saw it initially the first two or three times, I said there's no way. But I'm, I'm going to say to you, I'm watching it now. Oliver is about two yards outside of the box. He's looking straight He's looking straight at Scott Dan, who does turn his body. Now, I don't think you see the ball hit him, but I think the ball hits the yellow part of his shirt, which technically, that's his bicep, but that not that his arm? So for me, um, as much as I hate the fact that he called it, I think it's a penalty kick. I really do. I don't think it's right. his shoulder. There's two I think things. It's the yellow part of his arm, which, which again, I understand the benefit of the doubt. And I think that, oh, by the way, I think the handball rule is the worst rule in football because every every um, referee in every game is different. I've seen that same call, obviously, not being called a handball. But I'm just saying, looking at it, I can see why he called it a handball. I just can. Yeah, I take. I hate. I know. I, I, I well, I know where you're coming from, and I saw this debate a lot, but I won't. I won't have it. I won't have it, Patrick. And you know okay, why? That's fine. <laughs> you know why? Because even when you look at his angle, you're being. You're be, you've got. You've got to imagine you're being incredibly generous there with with how much you can see. Delaney's. Uh, sorry, Delaney. Dan's body is not really in the best position for for Michael Oliver to see what's happened clearly. All he's he turned see, his body though, right? Maybe he turned yeah. his body towards the ball. He turned his body yeah. away from the the um the referee to block Correct. the ball. Right. Okay. Correct. Yeah, right. and not only that, you've got to remember at full pace, there is no way you could, oh, you're telling okay. me that Michael Oliver can look at that and go, "I'm absolutely certain that." And now you say it's hit his bicep. I don't know. I I looked at it at, like a lot, a lot, and every and I almost see it hit a different place every time. It so certainly it's 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 almost like the join of the shoulder to the arm, and like you can i mean you could say on an absolute technicality you can go yeah it is handball okay right. technically speaking it's hit him there and it's handball um, and he's lent into it a bit right but it comes back to the fact that the referee cannot be certain for a start you, they don't get given those things do not get given that that high up the arm or or in the chest whatever you want to call it they it's do not get not given in the like spirit that. of the game either sorry it Chris. really isn't no you're absolutely right nick go on 
Yeah, it's, it's just not in the spirit of the game. And he's a £10 million a game it's going to be in a couple of seasons, you know. And, you know, thankfully that game wasn't a must-win. It's a bit, you know... Oh, my God. I'm sure towards the end of the programme we'll talk about how many we've we've lost in a row. But it was just... <laughs> Look, the, you sad. know... I hate being hard done by, by yeah. shit refs. You know, as well as anyone who's listening to this right now, if that was at the other end of the pitch, there is no chance it'd be given. And knowing that makes it so much worse. And that, people can... And I think, but I think that's the key, Chris. I think we. I think exactly what you just said is the key. If there's other side, if the other side, it's not getting called. And I think if we don't look at it from that standpoint, you can see why it's called. If you look at it from that standpoint, you're saying nowhere there's a penalty kick. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the just... problem. That yeah, that's the frustration by far. It, that kind of that kind of connection on the ball in that kind of circumstance, as Nick says, it's not going anywhere. As and Alex said as well, so it's not going anywhere. It's there's there's, there's no real advantage gained at all. If anything, the it's a disadvantage because if he just leaves it, <laughs> he probably gets picked up by Speroni. We've actually given him a corner, um, and you can see Dan Dan knows where it's hit him, and he's turning around organising us for the corner, you know. And so he's not expecting it to be given at all. And you you know you know full well even that split second if you know you've handballed it, that split second before you react and pretend you didn't, you, you know you, there's this there's an obvious guilt like uh, an involuntary flick of the arm or something like that. It's oh, it's so so frustrating, Alex. Do you know what the other reason that you knew it wasn't a handball? Because I never see Dan complain about anything. He's one of the most professional players I've seen. But he constantly, throughout the game, kept going up to the referee and telling him exactly how he disagreed with it. But the other thing for me is, is his hand, when he handballs it, in an unnatural position? Because this is the loose term that they use mm. with the handball. Is his arm in an unnatural position where he's put his arm... Yeah, he's, has he put his arm out of the way to purposely handle the ball? No, he didn't. He didn't. The other thing is, last week, John Terry handballs it. Nope, not a pen. You know, it was just unlucky. Chucked himself in the way and hit his hands. Right, so you're telling me that's not a pen. The pundits come out this week and tell me that Scott Dans is a penalty. It, it's, it's quite embarrassing to watch, actually, at times, isn't it? When you, yes. you can physically sit there. If I showed them both of those and said, is this one a pen, is this one a pen? I would love to see their reaction. If they thought back and saw what they saw last week. It's, and, and I get refereeing is such a difficult job and pundits now especially are trying to support the refs as much as possible but sometimes you have to go it's a wrong decision and and that's where Mike Riley and and Greg Dyke and people like that and and this group the PGM OL or whatever is have to come out and say you know what we've had a bad year and we really need to step it up and what are we going to do what are we going to do because it's constantly them making bad decisions nothing comes out about it nothing's ever said about it and these these mistakes continually continuously happen this is somebody's job and they're making mistakes and I understand mistakes happen they have to come out and accept that these mistakes are being made and they need to be addressed because they're losing games this is interesting when you start talking about it as a mistake I'll come back to that in a sec but let's talk uh, Patrick and and then Nick very quickly um, Alec's point about unnatural unnatural is a great point okay because Oliver as you said is on that side Um, the, the problem I have is though that Dan moves his moves his body to block the ball. What could have happened is the AR on the other side of the field could have seen the ball hit or not hit Dan's hand. They could have conferred it and said, you know what, it didn't hit his hand. That's a problem that we that they need to start doing. Why is the AR, even though he's on, he's on the other side of the field, if since Dan's body is going to turn in towards the goal, he should be able to see where the ball hit. They confer, I, I saw it, I didn't see it, etc. Instead of that, Oliver made the call. So again, I can see Oliver making that call based on the fact that he's closest, but he could have confirmed the AR because again, Dan does move his body, not away from it, move his body, not his hand up, but move the body towards yeah. the ball to block the ball. 
Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. Absolutely, Nick. Um, they're talking about this in the chat room. Uh, Lions five fifty um, says even after three replays, it's still a tough call, um, and we could end up. Booted Eagles said we could end up like LBWs in cricket and waiting minutes. You know, it's, it it still took a few looks at the replay last night. Um, and the Robert CPFC is talking about putting time limits on it. It was. Yeah. They're also talking about the what happened when the same thing. When a Chelsea player handballed it, and uh, sorry, Man United player handballed it. Chelsea was last week's big five ref uh, against us. This week's big five ref was uh, the Man United guy, wasn't it? And um, yeah. you know, why didn't we get that then? No, it's, it's a really good think, point. And I've, I've made such a cock up. Let's make amends. Yeah. No. It, funny enough, it, it, we've we had this discussion on um, you know potential technology and replays and all that sort of stuff. And I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Um, I think that you should have the right for. Decision, not for every decision, because then it's when does it end, how long does a go on, game go on for, blah, 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 blah. The referral system where you have a limited number of referrals um, and they're for, only for specific decisions and you're talking, I think you literally are talking about a, a goal, a red card or a penalty. And I think that's it. That is probably literally it. You know, you can't any more than that and you, you start risking. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Asking people going, well, if you say free kick outside the area, how far outside the area, all this kind of crap. So just red card, uh, penalty, or, or when a goal is given. If your manager wants to challenge that on the sidelines, he's got maybe one per half, something like that. I think that's a possible way forward because I don't think it takes more than 30 seconds, uh, certainly on the televised games, which pretty much everything is now um, well, somewhere, uh, to, to pick that up. And... You know, you see, but having said that, you say that I don't think that that's going to change any, any decision given against um, against Scott Dan. I think you review that, and the referee will go, "No, so there's enough in that for me to stick with my decision." Because the real fault isn't in making a glaring error. The real fault is in making making a call he shouldn't have made um, at the time that he made it. It's, you know, you, you, the challenge is you didn't, you could not say one hundred percent, Michael Oliver, one that you. <laughs> we're certain that that was a penalty. Try not to get distracted by some um, chat over there. Uh, but there you go. Um, I could talk about this all night, but I'm not going to. Uh, we'll come back to Mark Oliver in a little bit, though, because uh, I just want to talk about um, that. That mean that penalty decision was pretty much it in terms of the first half. It very much the game seemed to die a little bit after that. I think the Palace players were affected by it um, and, and really tried their best to get back into the game. Uh, but it just wasn't a huge amount going on, and, and Man United kind of shut up shop a little bit, and you know and that kind of let the frustration grow a little bit. But the, the second half, um, 
obviously Falcao comes on for um, from Rooney, and I can remember mate James uh, Marshall getting a text from from a Man United fan saying you'll be on, you'll be fine now. Uh, Falcao's replaced Rooney, and he's two hundred and fifty grand a week, isn't he? Um, what what's happened to Falcao before we go any further? Um, you know, huge reputation, and well, what did what did you think of him, Alex? I think I think it's so tough, and I do feel sorry for for Falcao because he's clearly got a lot of talent, and I think everyone's aware of that. Um, I just think he's been played out of position by people, you know, Louis Van Gaal, the perception of the man that's kind of created football, but not really done much better with Man U this year than David Moyes did. He was just very lucky that the Premier League's been such a dreadful standard. And I just think he's been played out of position. Um, I think he's been asked to do things that is unnatural for him. Um, and like Albert says there, you know, he had an injury. Um, and I, I do think it's tough for him because I think he's clearly talented. And I think he'll go elsewhere and I think he'll score an absolute hat full of goals. Um, but it just hasn't worked out for him for whatever reason. So, yeah, I mean, and as you, as you say, Albert, you're thinking that this the injury that's probably had the bigger effect? Yeah, well, he's, he's he's not the youngest of players anymore, is he? He's not, um, you know, he's not a twenty-one-year-old that's going to get over a knee injury, sort of quite sharpish and find his form again. I, I, do, I, do, I do wonder. You know, they're saying it's to sign him permanently. It's it's forty million, isn't it? I, I do wonder who's um, silly enough to pay that. Yeah, that's no, no one's. He doesn't look any worth anywhere near that. The way he's been at Man United. Uh, while I'm talking to you, uh, obviously the the second half, the f- one of the first things that happened was uh, Jason Punchin getting a penalty shout. Now, again, looked at this, and I I can I can see why it hasn't been given. You know, if I take my biased rose tinted glasses off, right? But I'm thinking in the context of this game, it is easily more of a penalty than the Man, the Man United penalty that's been given. There is absolutely no question this contact. Uh, is it Herrera? I think plants his foot on on um, Jason Punchin's foot. Now, Punchin, that's not enough to knock Punchin to the floor, right? But he has to go down there because he has to go down in order to claim the foul. He can't just stand there and go, ref, he's kicked my ankle. He's He's got to go down. that Because you know a referee won't won't make a decision unless the, the, the player goes to the floor. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it, Albert? I th- I, listen, I'm, I, I, I don't know anymore because... No, it's not a penalty, but it was not. You know, it's, it was as much of a penalty as Hazard's last week, and Hazard gets lauded for being clever and you know draw, drawing the contact and making the most of it and going down. Jason Punchin, in a similar in a similar scenario, equally as much contact gets described as you know. Oh, he's made a meal of it. You know, he's he's, he's making more of it and isn't isn't a, a clever. It's not a bit of clever play like it is when. Someone like Hazard does it, so I actually don't know what I think anymore. I can't keep up with it. You know, it's not a pen. No, it's not a pen, but it's a pen because everybody else gets them. It's so, the yeah. consistency yeah. thing, isn't it? it is yeah, the consist- I mean, we talk about it every week, and it must be getting really boring. I mean, the players must be absolutely sick of it. You know, we can sit here and have a have a sort of a laugh about it, but you know, they're the they're the ones. I, I don't know how you don't chin a referee sometimes. Oh, that really got me last week, though, is when Thierry Henry said that um, that it was really clever play by Hazard to dive in the box. It's just like, oh, mate, boy. get over yourself. Like, if, if, if that was a Palace player, he, everyone would be like, uproar that this guy In his defence, he did say that that punch in one should have been a penalty. So yeah, I'm just believe. Yeah, uh, you mentioned He also Thierry. says Vavavum a lot, so I don't know what he's, he's talking just, about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Um, you know, he would call it clever play after his handball against Ireland. You know, that was probably also clever play to, you know. Anyway, I'm just, yeah, kind of... Kind Don't of bear grudges, do you, Hambo? 
No, I've never bought a grudge, and yeah, I just forget stuff really easily. Um, talking of which, <laughs> I've forgotten what we were talking about before all this. No, no, obviously, yeah, the punch and penalty shout. Um, there's no to me. To me, I, I, you know, as I said, the context of the game. I think you have got to give that if you're going to give, going to give the the handball against Scott Dan. I think that's, that's more of a penalty. What about uh, the I didn't handball against on. Herrera. See again, I, I, I have to say I didn't see that one clearly. Um, that's that's a that's a, a beat for beat, exact same bit of play as what what led to their penalty. Yeah, the sorry, s- yeah, 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 I know now, yeah. Um, yeah, he's led into it exactly the same way, didn't he? And yeah. and and they said a match of the day, Herrera points at the top of his arm to say, no, you can't, you can't. That's not a penalty. It hit me there, pointing at his arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. I'm, so- watching, I'm watching it now, Albert, and it's. <laughs> He points right. He points like to his uh, shoulder. It's up where he's tapping himself on the Premier League like badge. Um, hello. <laughs> he's pointing at his arm. There we go. Oh, we're back. I don't know. I just heard Albert shout. He's pointing at his arm. Yeah, I was just trying to like carry on as if nothing had happened. <laughs> oh right, okay. It would have worked <laughs> if I knew what you were doing. Idiot. Uh, sometimes I just need clearing in on, on what I was yeah. saying anyway um, Nick's the only one who hasn't reconnected so we can blame God him for, that. for what just happened if, yeah he can, he can stay in the chat room for a while He's look after him in there guys the meter. <laughs> um, but yeah as I was just saying Gareth Jones got in touch to say you know exactly what we're talking about Terry can defend like a goalkeeper in the box but for us it's Dan getting punished for having his hands down at your side trying to chest it out of play and it's exactly what we're, what we're sums it up really he gets punished for doing the right thing um, and, and, and that inconsistency we're talking about it remains frustrating and um, I'll be honest it, it, I, I, it, has to, it has to end because it's starting to spoil everything for me uh, and what I'm talking about in big Big club bias, I would call it, is just absolutely destroying these matches. Um, you know, I can't. I, I come away from. I should be thinking about how well Palace have done against you know one of the top teams in the division, but I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how frustrated I am that we got nothing. We didn't get anything like what we deserve from a performance, and it's because of an individual, and that individual is Michael Oliver. Uh, and I will talk more about him in a moment because they've got plenty more to say on it. Uh, but I was just making sure we got everyone back reconnected. I know Nick is back. Um, Hello. Which is good news. Hello, Nick. I'm, um, I'm sick of talking about the refs every week, though, because it's spoiling the bloody football. We shouldn't be talking saying, yeah. about it this every bloody week. Every yep. week. Well, let's talk about one of the positives. Um, shortly after the penalty wasn't given for Punchin, um, we, we managed to win a free kick just outside the box. And it's yet again, it's, um, you know, Punchin wasn't known for, we know he had a, a, you know, a good direct shot at him from a free kick, but we've seen it against Man City and it was a very, very good free kick again. It flicks off uh, Daily Blinds. Now, just to make a point on that, do you see what where Daily Blinds' arm was? Mm. Yeah. When he's standing at the ball. Is that a natural position? Yeah. Shield him from the sun, Garth, honest. Right, see, the thing is for me, if that strikes the arm, which, it, I mean, it flicked off the top of his head slash arm and into the, the net, great. Yeah, so, it, you know, it, we got the goal. If that hits his arm, do you think a penalty is going to get given for us? No, of course it isn't. <sighs> but anyway. Depends how uh, Michael Oliver's gut is feeling at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He actually apparently actually said when challenged by the players, and again, like, this is uh, this is an allegedly, because I'm not 100% certain, I can't pr- prove it happened, but I'm told that his response was that, um, you know, he, he weighed the situation up and he just felt that it was probably a penalty. 
No. Oh, right. okay. If you feel I've it, it, that's up, fine. And I probably think he's a helmet. <laughs> Good insult. I think we're allowed to call people helmets on this show. Helmet. In fact, I don't, I don't care if we're not. We're going to do it from now on. Everyone's a helmet. Yeah. Everyone. Don't use the T word. You'll get in trouble. Sorry, sorry, Patrick. No, everyone. What, a tin everyone. helmet. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> uh, so no that was good that was really good punching gets us back in it 1-1 one, one, whole place lifts atmosphere's good we're all up in its palace on the front foot Man United resorting to um, to playing us uh, on the break and just trying to you know trying to hold us off really um, constant uh, chances there's a chance for MacArthur broke through the middle mentioned earlier Alex um, where he hits with the outside of the foot and a, a cleaner strike he's going to score there hits it with the, you know, the instep uh, it's going to swing into the bottom corner rather than, than curl away but fair play is a decent strike and we're putting more and more pressure on getting corners and then of course um, Glenn Murray first of two great chances that were um, that were great saves I, I think um, so uh, obviously um Finds basically he's in the six yard box, and for all the world, you just think you're waiting for the ball to hit the back of the net, aren't you? Mm. Uh, but unfortunately, David De Gea was in very, very good form, and he's just, all he, you've seen the replays, I'm sure. He's, all he's done is spread himself, hasn't moved for it, hasn't reacted in any way. He's just given him, made himself as big as he possibly can, and it happens to have hit that outstretched arm. Done everything right, Murray, there. Tried to chip it back across the keeper into the net, you know, just, just. Absolutely I think he's it done David in. De Gea a bit of a disservice there, as much as I don't like to praise the opposition. Because mm-hmm. his, his, his whole body's going to his left, and the, from out of nowhere, his right hand just comes out and manages to pat that ball I th- away. I, th- I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I applauded. Th- I stood up th- and applauded. Yeah. I thought the arm was already outstretched as he went forward. like He was just trying to make as much space yeah, as possible. But it seemed to extend like a <laughs> Inspector Gadget arm, just a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, I'll, I'll, I... I will take your your uh, your point on this, and I will applaud him for his Inspector Gadget arm. It's like the, it's like the, the Sproni save against Troy Deeney in the yeah. playoff final, and we all yeah. we all jizzed over that. Sorry, we all got <laughs> thought that was great. <laughs> we did. We did all think that was great. I, th- <laughs> I thought it was great in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've got away with that one there. Well done, um, Nick. You did want to say something apparently at some point. I can't remember what it was now. Um, Albert's just really, really put me off of everything that I was thinking about. <laughs> That's perfectly all right. I can move he's us. He's got a score, though, Chris, I think. I really think he's got a score there. I'm watching That's... it again. You know, I have the benefit of getting to watch it as we're watching doing the show. But I'm watching it now. It is a tremendous save. All credit to De Gea. But he's, he's five yards away. If he goes a little yeah. bit high, he definitely scores. And you know what? I hate I'm not going to. Any other striker on our side misses that. We're going we're gonna to coat the guy for... And I'm not coating Melly at all. I'm just saying he's got to score that goal. Well, In the context of the match, being 1-1 against Man United, we've got to get someone that can score that goal for us. It just changes the I, whole game. I was going to bring this up after I talked about the second uh, <laughs> second chance he had. Okay. Because I, obviously we've got Alex White here, who's um, <laughs> the world's premier Glenn Murray apologist. And rightly so, has been proved correct. Uh, Absolutely has been. Murray has put in. He's been, been excellent. He's been playing a... You know, an incredible standard that I never thought he'd ever reach again. Um, but <laughs> as Patrick says, um, that probably should have put that chance away realistically. And there's been a couple in the last few games where, you know, he's he's looked a little sluggish and taken a chance. What do you think, Alex? Am I being massively unfair? No, I think as as Glenn Murray's biggest fan, I'll be the first to admit that he he should have scored that opportunity against Manchester United. Yeah, absolutely. If your striker six yards out from goal, he's got to hit the back of the net. He's got to whammy that into the back there he has to score but again he's created that situation he's got into the right place at the right time let's not 
you know, forget Scott Dan's turn there. You know, that was like mm. unbelievable. What a sent looked like a centre forward with that turn. But you know, Glenn Murray's in the right place at the right time, and, and we weren't creating those opportunities at the start of the season without Murray. Um, right. So again, we can we can be negative, but himself's created that opportunity, and I, I think he, he had a good game. You know, the first half was very tough for him that nobody was getting close to him. Uh, the second half, he linked up quite well with Balassi, surprisingly enough. You know, a few mm. balls in and around his, his touching his touching moves really really good. Um, and he's a really intelligent player and, and I could sit here all day and talk about how much I love Glenn Murray and, and I know you guys have, have all heard that. Um, but, you know, he should have scored and he had a, he's had a couple of opportunities in recent weeks that he hasn't taken, but at least we're creating opportunities. Uh, I'll talk about his second chance in just a moment because I think that shows the flip side of what we're talking about. Yeah, we're disappointed he didn't score that. I'm sure he'd be absolutely gutted himself as well. Uh, but just before he got his second chance... Um, un- unfortunately, it was Man United's turn to, to threaten and they scored. They just had a couple of quick breaks um got a warning a little bit before it when young and once again um dumped ward on his arse and, and and threatened to create something but shortly after that he did create something it's just a simple crossing um you know with the right foot curling curling in uh, it's just gone a little bit too deep Speroni's come out collided with delaney as a result of uh, a little shove from falcao but it's also worth mentioning that falcao gets a little shove from soiree <coughs> soiree at the same time stop being um, so balanced yeah, I'm not. I'm not, not trying to be I think it is, but but because I'm a Palace fan and I don't like it, um, Delaney's. Um, he, he, do you know what? He's, he's not for me. The most important thing is I don't think Delaney's done anything wrong. I think he's in the right position when he gets gets into a collision uh, with, and, and you know he is pushed. Falcao does put both hands and give him a shove towards the goalkeeper, so he has to get his head down and just see what happens. And I, my only question is. Is Spironi going to get there if that doesn't happen? And I've got to be honest, I don't really think so. But um, let, let's get some views on it. Albert, I'm going to start with you, then Patrick. And what, on Spironi or the... On, on the, just the general thing. Was it a foul? You know, what I, don't could think, done I don't better? think it's a foul, to be Who's honest. Respond? I think yeah. it's soft. Um, the only In the only instance that it potentially maybe looks like the softest of fouls ever is when you watch it in slow motion. Um, I certainly wouldn't. As, again, don't like to give him credit. I certainly wouldn't have a pop at Mike Oliver for missing that, to be honest, because it was so innocuous. Um, Sproni, is he going to get to the cross? I, I think I'm erring on your side and and saying no. It was no. a bit. Um, I think he's he's been rash, hasn't he? I I just think that the um, the ball wasn't there to come and claim. If he stands on his line. He's got a, obviously there's a much much better chance that he'll save it. Flame doesn't get a huge amount on it anyway. Um, gets a huge amount of hair on it. <laughs> it's true, he does. Yeah, there it it shouldn't really be that much power in, in hair, and then springs out again faster than it. It's a shame we should, we should play one of those Velcro balls because then it would just stuck to his head like <laughs> those hats. <laughs> exactly. that game and with then the he'd hats. just run into the goal, wouldn't he? With the ball was stuck on his head. <laughs> That'd be no good at all. It would, yeah, you're right. Nick's got it right. That won't work. You haven't thought that one through. If you, all they do, they start the game, kick off, they chip it up to him, he'll catch it in his hair and then just leg it. <laughs> how, how can you stop that? Is there a game there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember there's that Brazilian curl on, wasn't it? He used to do the, the seal uh, run where he used to keep just keep headering it up. And... Anyway, Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm thinking of Other the search engines are available. Velcro balls and chest weeks could be interesting. Hmm. Well, we'll have a think about that probably after the show, shall we? There's um, an image. <laughs> uh, Patrick, somewhere in the middle of that, you wanted to make a point. 
Yeah. Um, well, for, first going back to you about was it a foul? Um, I'm not sure. Michael Oliver, by the way, on the cross, he's standing next to, standing next to Ashley Young. So he's not going to see the, a foul if it was a foul by Falcao. As Albert said, at full speed, there's no way I, I thought it was a foul. I had to look at it like 10 times. I was actually thought that somebody shot Damien Delaney. He went down so easily. And my thought is why didn't he? I mean, he gets pushed, but he wasn't punched. Why did he go down so easily? He looked like he was really hurt. Then he knocks over, um, you know, Julian. So I just have, a, I just wish, he, I just thought he could have been a little stronger on, on the push. I think he's, even if he gets pushed, he can still stand up and then in that way block off, um, uh, Fellaini. Having said that, maybe Jules stays on the line, but it's it's a it's a back post cross. I don't know. Oh my God, he's staying on the on on the line on a back post cross. I I rather than come out and try and collect it. So it's That's just it. it's it's frustrating. I don't know. I just I just thought he, it was just I just thought the the play could have been a much better. I don't think it was a foul, but I just don't think he should have gone down so easily on, on that little push. But I don't know, Alex. It was just an extremely poor goal to concede from every yeah. respect. You know, Ashley Youngs again. Look, Joe Ward. Look, make look very very silly. Um, Speroni, I don't know what is is coming for that. He was never ever going to get it. Um, that decision making there, for me, it's a foul. Uh, you know, for me, it's a foul. Oh, simply because we spoke, we speak about Delaney going down easily there, but the momentum that he's running backwards and all the momentum is going towards that way. And for me, that's why I think Delaney's gone down. Delaney's a lot bigger, a lot stronger. But when you're running and the momentum's going that way, I can see why he went down. And for me, that's a foul. I just I yeah. don't see how two hands in the back of the player isn't a foul because you saw them given all game. And to be totally honest, if he's given handball penalties for what he did, then that should no way be a goal. If there was any bloody justice in that game, then that is a foul. Yeah, and I totally agree. And And I think... I think Delaney's reaction is because he wants he wants the foul and is expecting the foul to be given. Agreed. I, 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 I t- this is where you're coming from, Patrick. I think. In yeah. He could have stood up. He could have. Right. You know, but but what he's done, he's gone. Well, that's that's a clear foul. So he's. I want to go down. Yeah. yeah, so and then give you know give the referee a decision to make. Yet again, Michael Oliver doesn't doesn't make it or doesn't even have any interest in making it, and right. uh, and that's what we're we're about to come back to. In fact, we will come back to that. Now, I'll, I'll tell you that I, I got to, I've got to give this a bit of a caveat because it's something something that was being talked about after the game that I didn't witness myself. But apparently, <laughs> allegedly, uh, Mike, after the game, Michael Michael Oliver was uh, on the receiving end of a lot of abuse from a large number of Palace fans um, outside the uh, outside the ground. Huh. Um, he got into his car um as he was driving away he gave um he was laughing and gave the wanker gesture to lots of palace fans now you could argue if you're gonna give it you've got to be able to take it (laughs) but michael oliver is a professional referee um who who had just had you know a game where you know for me and I don't think it's it's unfair of me to say, I don't think I'm being unfair in saying this. For me, my opinion, my personal opinion, is that it's one of two things. Either Michael Oliver is biased towards big clubs. In, in particular, he was biased against Palace and for Man United. Or, if that's not the case, if he's, you know, if he wants to defend his integrity and say, no, that is not the case, Chris, I'm sorry, you're wrong. Well, then I would say he's completely inept as a referee and should be anywhere near the professional game. That is my opinion of Michael Oliver, right? So for him then to go ahead and exacerbate the situation by, by, you know, how can you be walking away from that and laughing about it? You know, and that shows the d- degree of care he has, you know, in, in his own 
job. And, you know, do you know what I mean? He's got no... I'm struggling for words because I don't want to just call him the C word over and over again and, you know, then end the show in a stress. But do you see what I mean? Help me out here, someone. Completely, Chris. He's made a fatal mistake doing the job that he does day in, day out. If you do, you know, if you're a salesman and, and you muck up a sale, you leave... You leave the office with your head held down. You know you don't. You don't be an idiot about it. And, and you know that for me, it just it epitomises you know kind of football at its worst kind of stages. There, the arrogance to to walk away and kind of think that making a mistake is acceptable, and you move on to the next week. Like I said earlier, we've really got to clamp down on mistakes, and it's such a tough job, and it's not made easier when you've got players coming in your ears telling them all this and that. But where's you know where you know where is the like that's just so disrespectful and I hate it when you see you know referees laughing and joking with players when they've given a foul and a free kick. It's just Mike Riley for me and the the group of referees they have to stand up. They've employed Howard Whip to come and make officiating better and it's been abysmal this season and it's getting worse. And that's not an opinion. That's based on decisions made every single week. And we'll, we'll call them out. Come on, come on up, Mike Riley, and tell us exactly, exactly, you know, come out and say something because you've said nothing all season and it's not good enough. And they're being paid wages to make mistakes every week and that's unacceptable. Well, that's it. It's a cartel, isn't it? No one's, no one's going to come out and, you know, it's not in their interest to come out and justify things or apologise because, what you know, what's going what's to come of it? They're just yeah. going to look weaker. You know, I understand where you're coming from, Albert, and you're right. That is that is exactly why it doesn't happen. But it's interesting that you know a football manager, when they've been thumped, say six 0 like they were today, uh, QPR, for example, has to come out sure. directly directly after the game. I'm gutted myself. Yeah, he's come out directly after the game, and he has to answer a series of inane questions from an idiot. Um, sorry, everyone who works for Sky Sports, Ben Nagel, um, <laughs> and Alex, you used to, didn't you? Might have done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> after after answer a series of inane questions from a moron uh, about you know about the fact they've just been thumped, so you know they're put on the spot there, and then they're fined for anything they say that's even vaguely out of turn. So I think the time's come for a referee to do exactly that. And I know some I referees have. To. I agree with you, but what, 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 why would they do that? Are you um are you personally inviting Michael Oliver to come on this show, Chris, to explain himself? We'll have any of them. Get yeah. any of them, honestly. honestly it's, it's pathetic. Yeah. People need I've to come out and say, do you know why? Do you know why, Albert? Because <laughs> they, these guys are being paid week in, week out, and they're not doing the job that they're being paid to do. And that is yeah. unacceptable. If you go, if you work for any other company, Chris, if you go to work on Monday and do your job wrong and consistently do it wrong, you're going to get sacked. What, why, why are these people allowed to make mistakes? I think, I think it's pro rata, actually. They don't get paid during the close season, so it's not week in, week out. But other than that, you're correct. <laughs> no, Alex, and to be fair to you, I've been, I, I thought that too. If I went to work every Monday and didn't do my job properly, I'd be sacked. But yeah, I'm still there after seven years. Like that. <laughs> 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 Trying. Um, but Albert, you've got a friend called Michael Oliver. Well, if we can't get the real one, he'll have to come on. He's a um, smashing we'll, bloke. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll give him the appropriate grief for the other Michael Oliver. I'm, if he's a good lad, I'm sure he'll just take it from us. That sounds like um, one of the um, songs we used to have to sing at primary school when I was little. I've got a friend called Michael Oliver. I'm sure there's a song. Michael Finnegan? There be. was an old man called Michael Mike. Finnegan. He grew whiskers <laughs> on his chin again. Wind came out and blew them in again. Poor old Michael Finnegan, begin again. Finnegan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was an old man called Mike. Right, no. <laughs> it's like when um, when uh, all the Spurs fans started tweeting. Is it Chris Hoy, the cyclist, thinking he was Chris Hoy, the referee? <laughs> he got a, sh- got a shitload of dogs abuse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Chris, I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, you said that Michael Lover commented that they didn't see the penalty. When did the referee start commenting after the match, though? When did that happen? Because they don't talk um, after the match. Do they? No, apparently, well, what happens is basically they obviously they have to talk to the players, and then obviously a player. Oh, okay. Post match, again, I don't know who it came from yesterday. It's just something I just I got I, it. after okay. the game. I saw it too in a tweet, but I didn't know that they spoke yeah. to the media. But I, I understand what you're saying now. It's like the week. It's like oh, I can't remember where it was. It was a game where uh, ref. Wilf Zaha spoke after the game and said, oh, the referee had told him. Yeah, I think last week after Chelsea yeah. said that. Yeah, that's yeah. It. he told him he hadn't seen something or the other. Yeah, <laughs> obviously they, they have to answer to the, the players when the players ask, ask him what the hell went on. But it's, it just sums it up for me. But, you know, Michael Oliver is a constant offender as well. It, you know, he's not, he's, he's you sort of, him and Clattenburg now are the ones where you get their name, you can boo when their name's read out because you know they're going to be awful uh, if you're playing a, 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 t- a bigger team. Uh, it's got it's got to end. It really is. It's ruining the game at the top level. Big club bias, and it's a real thing. You know, it's not people could drag out statistics and say, "Oh, well, you can disprove it," because you know, Man United didn't get this penalty. penalty. It's a real thing. We've all seen it. We all see it when we play a big club. We, um, you know, the referee, whether it's conscious or whether it's subconscious, to give them a bit of a get out there, it can be a subconscious thing when you see all these big name players that you, you know, he gets to read about in the papers later on. You know, he he might, he might be. You know, he might be influenced by that, but it's just got to stop. It really has. Anyway, let's um, let's not give him any more uh, oxygen of publicity until until next time he ruins a more game. More female us. referees for me. Yeah? Yeah. Not actually female, like but men that are like more football. female, you mean? No, I just think more, you know, Sean Massey, never seen her get a decision wrong. That's just therefore, therefore, I'm basing a stereotype <laughs> that all women would make good... <laughs> Referees and blinds women's. Um, I did see, I did see a, a video of, um, I can't remember, it's, a, it's, it's a, an overseas football match, shall we say, where there's a female uh, lines woman, shall we call it, or assistant referee, uh, and a player starts shouting at her to, do, to um, you know, argue a decision, and she just starts running at him, screaming, and he immediately backs down. So, you know... Work. Maybe there's a it's a case for it there. Um, look, okay, we, everyone was very frustrated, both at the game and after the game, uh, and I think that frustration came from from the big positive of of yesterday, which was that we are performing to a to a high enough standard where we can say we genuinely deserve points and and victories against these top clubs. So, the question for for you guys to end the sort of review of the game is: what extra do we need? What else is it we need? Well, I'll start with you, Patrick, and work round. As far as players or just the well, team in general? That's what I'm saying. What, what, is it, what is it we need? Whether it is uh, additional players or replacements or whether we need a different system, what is it? What, what are we lacking? Because it's not as much as we thought we might be. Um, we're very, very close. Okay, so I think we need, to, we need to figure out what part we want to do, how he wants to play, because I'm frustrated at um, the chopping and changing in the system. I get the part, the need to experiment, but I could, hopefully this experimentation now will lead us to something more solid next year. I want to see us to play better defensively. We haven't got a clean sheet since Leicester, and that's frustrating me also. And I think we need to get, add about two or three more players, a central defender, uh, a creative midfielder possibly, and definitely a striker, someone who will put the ball in the back of the net consistently. Um, I'm not going to name names, but I think that would be what I would like. I, would, I mean, people have mentioned a better goalkeeper. That's possible also. But I think we definitely need to get a central defender, a midfielder, and a striker. And hopefully okay. that would set us on the right on the right path to finishing you know, somewhere in the top, you know, between 8th and 12th next year. Um, anything different, Alex? Uh, good referees. 
would be a good start. Um, yeah. Centre half, I think. Um, again, Delaney's been with us for a very long time, and I think he's been fantastic. But there's a time, um, and I think that that could be soon for progressing the club forward. Um, I just think a bit more competition, potentially another central midfielder, another centre forward. I think that, I think I think you could make arguments that if we can better ourselves in any position, then we should do it. You know, I think out wide again, there's there's an opportunity to bring another player in because if Belassi or Wilson are having a good game and you want to keep punt centrally, you need those options. So I think definitely quality as opposed to quantity, but I think we're close. You know, we're we're really close, and and we had a bit of luck earlier on in the season, and and now it's not going on going towards us. But you know, we just got to keep doing what we're doing and, and try and find that that brand and identity that that Pige wants to go with. Get with it in pre-season. Get our heads down and see what we can do next year. You know, we're not far off. Mm. Albert, uh, uh, centre half, maybe two centre halves actually. Um, a striker, an out and out. I'm going to say a marquee signing striker, and I agree on the another wide another wide player for backup. We we need we need we need to trim it more than bring in. To be honest, I think the squad. Yeah, is any, any well sort of shift out some of the the players that you know you look at and you don't think are Premier League quality. Who would they be? Oh Christ, uh, I don't think we need Barry Banan anymore. Um, I don't think we need Breda Hangeland anymore. Oh, on, on Hangeland, uh, Pardew used to say anything to offer him another contract. Um, right. Him and... and um, to play football? Uh, because, well, yeah, I guess so, to be a, to be a backup centre-back because he likes what, he's, what he brings to the club. Same with Sho- he said the same with Shola Amiobi, actually. Mm, don't oh, like God. that one. I like the Hangeland one. Though. Amiobi was one of my outs. Uh, Jerome was- Thomas, and he needs to stay. He's gone, hasn't he? <laughs> No, does, he, does, he, does he exist? Yeah, he's, right, he's rotting somewhere. <laughs> I keep thinking I've dreamt Jerome Thomas. <laughs> I think <laughs> we should, um, we should yeah, use Kepa, Jack Hunt. Use Jack Hunt. Yeah, steady he's on, mate. He's meant to be um, complete mustard, so um, I think we should keep hold of him. Give him a seen try. Him play, Nick. You ever seen him Sorry? play, Nick? I haven't seen him play. You ever seen him play? Um, play. I've got a Forest supporting fan who right. thinks he's the best thing since um, Dougie Friedman. <laughs> um, okay. No, he was a, Dougie was a hero up in Forest. Yeah, yeah. He? No, Short time I, he I, well but he said that, Jack Hunt. He'd be sick to see him go. Um, well, he, he did leave, didn't he? And ended up back, uh, playing for Rotherham. Barnsley because they could. Oh, uh, no, yeah. Was was it Rotherham? No, it was Rotherham. You're quite right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Fries was on the other uh, fullback position. Right, exactly. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think um, I, we want. Apparently, we wanted decent money for Hunt, but um, I don't know many much more than that. I don't know whether he was anything. Any, well, there's a pre-season coming up and everyone will get a chance, I guess. Um, I uh, think Nick, I'd like to, like to get... go for Charlie Adams. Um, but there's, Charlie there's Adams is not, not a person. Well, he's, <laughs> yeah, a, he's, he's a person, he he's, he's a footballer. Oh, you want several Charlie Adams. Several of Charlie Adams. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nick, um, anything from the chat? That many goals, but, but wasn't there something about his medical that um, he was meant to go somewhere, failed a medical, but QPR came in and got him anyway? But anybody who can so Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin, there you go, even. Sorry. I wouldn't get anybody from Stoke, apart from Victor Moses. I thought you were yeah. talking about that overweight Scottish midfielder, but now you're talking about the striker, which is good. Yeah. Sign him. All right. Yeah. Anything in the chat room, Nick, before we um, leave that bit behind? Um, Ref should have open mics, as they do in rugby. Um, I tried women that, refs I? would um, be very pouty, they, apparently. They 
<laughs> Fair enough. They did the. Uh, uh, they, they, my... I didn't say that. Um, yeah, and um, Hunt had the worst luck possible. Mm. They did the uh, open mic thing, and I think I could just all I remember from it was Tony mm. Adams being weirdly polite. Mm. And then calling <laughs> no, the tune. No, he's yeah, whining but... like a girl. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, but like, he obviously knew that the mic was on, so he wasn't giving him the abuse in the same way. But anyway, it was good. It was yeah, it was interesting, but um, I don't think that's going to happen on a permanent basis. Uh, yeah, I also noticed that Booted Eagle said robot ref te- technology should ex- extreme and said metal Mickey Oliver, which is um, and we also see Terminator. We <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we know where Two that words. is. Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there's a couple of things I picked up from the uh, actually one thing I'm going to say it was uh, said at the game by uh, Skippy Windsor Dave you know him he's a good lad Uh, and he said Man United's most proficient tackler on the day was the Sellers Park pitch um, which I thought was a very relevant point particularly Yannick a couple of times was just tackled entirely by the pitch Um, so very frustrating Steve Parrish has said again um, on on Twitter that the first thing they'll be doing (laughs) this uh, summer is relaying that but it's been a huge huge hindrance and it it continues to be so unfortunately so I'm glad we're not playing in the six aside tournament (laughs) exactly yeah I think my ankles could take that (laughs) exactly I get injured every game anyway it'd be horrific for me I'd probably end up losing both legs um <clears throat> ticket touts tourist away fans is, is a um a subject that keeps rearing its head uh, it was particularly bad against against man united you had gen you know genuine ticket touts outside the game selling selling tickets which just is just not on uh, at all you've got you know there's a membership system at Paris to try and stop all this and obviously you've got people selling that you know getting tickets and selling them on anyway took way too many away fans in the home areas it's it's really really unpleasant and you know when you get to the end of the season there's not much riding on it sometimes people will be tempted just to take the money that's on offer and you know i, I do think that people who do that should be punished i have to say um, maybe that's an extreme view but it's just you do not want home fans in a, in away areas and i know when we do it we probably think it's all right and you know, against Fulham, the end of last season, there was a, there was a bunch of Palace in the home areas, and we weren't moaning about it. But it's just, it's just not, it's just not right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got clues up next to me yesterday, but um, they didn't have a clue what to do at the game, and uh, very strange. And they kind of left ten minutes before the end. I couldn't even work out who they were supporting. Um, I think the um, elderly couple next to me must have cashed in their tickets for that one. But um, it, it was just weird having somebody. Who, I don't know. Was just going to say they'd see Man United. I'd imagine it was. Um, I've got to mention uh, the gentleman who stands in front of me. I won't give him his name, but he he started coming three years ago. Said he was a Man United fan, but was bringing his son, and he was jumping up and down cheering Palace yesterday. So that was good to see. Yeah, I suppose that's something. Yeah, I don't know. It it just leaves a bit of a, an unpleasant taste. There's a lot of selfie sticks going around yesterday as well, and all that kind of thing. Look, I mean, you can't. You cannot. When you're a club like us, you can't turn down the, the numbers, if you like. Um, and we have to a point. But if, you've, you know, if we do expand the ground and get this bigger stadium, then you know, we've got to fill it. And, and in all honesty, you, you're going to end up filling it with people who are tourists. And you end up filling it with you know, fans of, of the Premier League, you know, of various Premier League clubs that, that come and visit every game. And you've just got to hope you turn as many of them as you can into sort of die Palace fans. It might not be the way you want to... You you know you think a fan should happen, but 
However it happens, um, it's got to be good for the club long term if we can keep these supporters. And what I really like, I mean, this is the flip side of all this. You get, you've got some really horrific sights, in all honesty. You know, half and half scarves wearing around the necks and all this kind of stuff. Ah, hey, ah exactly, yeah. But at the same t- at the same time, you know, you 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 can look around Twitter and you can look around the message boards and even at, at games, and you can see people, new fans who have absolutely just, you know, they don't know what they've let themselves in for yet, but. You know, they've really and truly got the the whole Palace bug thing. You know, they're they're absolutely obsessed. You know, and they're, okay, they probably haven't seen the the lows that we've seen yet, but you know, um, hopefully they won't ever have to. But it's um, you know, I quite I quite like that. I quite like seeing new new obsessives. Um, and I suppose for every new That's obsessive, a bad name there. Sorry, new <laughs> obsessives. Quick, patent that. Whatever you do with better. I'll do it. Well, Send there you it go. yourself. Send I don't need. I don't need to. This is a live radio show that's then recorded. I've got when I've said it. Oh, I forgot about that. I've, I <laughs> thought it was just. I thought we just had a chat on a Sunday. I didn't realise it was taped or anything. I thought it was just a football club. Yeah. Uh, any more views on any of that before I get into the last of the four, four word reviews or anything else you guys want to talk about? Silence. Just want to give credit to the two tourists who had two tickets needed written on a polystyrene takeaway box just walking around holding it up in the air that is but, the hardest surface to write on in biro yeah especially when they've written it in the piddliest biro ever so no one could actually see it unless you walk straight past them i'd just like to, like to hope they i mean even if they didn't get in the game they probably had a nice box of chips so <laughs> yeah exactly a nice day out all round. Hmm. i wonder what they would have done if they got offered one ticket you could write a play about that album. They'd have crossed out two on the box and they'd have written one and carried on yeah. walking, probably. I suppose, but you know, who, who goes in? There's two of you. Who goes in? You can only get one ticket. This is probably, you can probably have this conversation another time, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Nick, who is also at Palace Nick, uh, his forward review of the game was Palace 1. Oliver 2. Bob the Eagle said, calm down, mathematically safe. Mike Tim said, Palace twisted by Oliver. You see what he's done? It's like Dickensian. Do you see it? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've forgotten to put the name on it. Someone's written, ref distracted by pigeons. Lee Berman has gone for Michael Oliver, 12th man. Mummy White has gone for robbed, 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 robbed. That's four lots of one word. <laughs> John Vince has gone for punch and must always start. Um... Grant, your brother, Nick, has gone for Ripper. Oh, hello, Grant. Hello, hello Grant. Um, half and half twats from, from Warren and B. Uh, <laughs> Lucy's gone for... Oh, there's a whole load here. Lucy's gone for Pigeons were back, too many selfie sticks, Ref was a dick, I missed the championship, and one more of Stop Watering the Pitch. Um, Matthew Amos has gone for We Should Have Drawn. Lynn has gone for four defeats. So annoying. I've got about another 30 of these. I'll just pick up some, some of the immediate favourites. Ferhad Zaidi. It's been so long since he's been on the show, I can no longer pronounce his name. Superb De Gea thwarts Palace. Uh, DR Kernas has gone for Ref was a uh, C unit. Um, King Vagabond Hull, that's Steve, has gone for robbed by shit Ref. Um, Mark Cole stopped the aimless diagonal. Carl Mortimer, no punch and no punch, which is very good. Um, and then lots of stuff about referees. Roy Preston, referees make me sick. Um, Oliver, difference for United by Steve Busby. That is the general theme. So thank you to everyone for all of those, um, including the two people who both used the word poxy in their forward reviews. I didn't read out, but well mm. done for using that word. 
Um, so there you go. That's that's enough of the four word reviews for now. Again, like I say, thank you for all of those. Um, next up, we've got Liverpool guys. Um, what do you want to see different for that next game, or if anything different? Start with you, Patrick. A win. I was going to say that. <laughs> That's all I want to see. I don't care how we do it. I just want to win a match, please, before the end of the season. Gerard on goal. No, I don't care who. I don't care how it's done. I don't really care if the, if the referee scores a goal for us. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's obviously Gerard's last game at Anfield and all that kind of stuff. Be nice to spoil the party. Uh, Nick, you've technically already answered. What do you want, Albert? Anything different? Uh, no, one of those Liverpool beach balls on the pitch that. <laughs> deflected the ball into a net might come in handy <laughs> or if Gerard could fall over on one of them that would be good yeah sort of combine all of the things yeah alright um, Alex anything you want to see different a really controversial penalty that we don't deserve <laughs> oh that's a good one yeah you've done well there mate do we score it or do we miss it Depends who's taken. <laughs> it, hits a, it hits a beach ball exactly. and it goes wide it goes wide for me I'd like to see us um I'd like to see us just if we're going to go and give the the fringe players a go. I think we should just do it all all in one go. Um, yeah, I, I want to see. Yeah, exactly. I want to see Shamak play. He hasn't. Like, got a He's got a spiky bit. But right. I'd like to see. Yeah. Him. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, I'd like to see Wayne Hennessy starting goal. Um, yeah, I'd like to see Hanglin back in the middle um, of defence. I don't know. Just just a few just a few things just different just very very different. Um, you know, don't want not a complete reserve team. I like to see probably Jednak start mm. in the middle, um, just to keep things nice and tight. But just just Gale. play it, play around with it. Yeah, Gale, give Gale a go. Perhaps perhaps you know Gale and Schmack. That was um, something that was almost you know thought about at the start of the uh, season. Gale and Murray. Sorry, I had a cough there. Gale and Murray. Yeah, I thought, Sorry, that went I thought again. You, Yeah, I thought you might do that. But there you go. That's that's all I want to see really. Um, but it'd be good. Uh, and finally, just a final thing before we go, I just want to mention, obviously, commiserations to, to QPR. I'm really upset to um, oh. see QPR go down. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, Burnley went down, and that was disappointing because, you know, they, they did a lot um, lot for their reputation in the Premier League. They worked really hard. You know, probably deserved more points than they got. But for QPR, it's just gutting, um, you know. I think we're more gutted <laughs> than their actual players. That's the thing. You know, I think Leroy Fur is probably just quite excited he's going to get a move now. Yeah, well, him and Corker, basically, you know, consecutive relegations for them and, yeah, probably another move each. Um, they are, a, I mean, obviously, you know, if you weren't quite up to uh, speed on my sarcasm there, I'm not unhappy that QPR are relegated at all. They are the most deserving club of relegation that I think could ever be, other than maybe Man United. <laughs> they, you know, they, they've spent obscene amounts of money. They've ducked a financial fair play fine by getting promoted. And now they've got to deal with the consequences of that. My only real worry is that the Football League will let them off. Yeah, like they did with fall, the Fowlin, Fallin player, whatever his name yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Played, God no, he was he was an ineligible player for how long? Um, something like ten games. Too long. But you know that happened. That's happened to what Rotherham United this year. They do adopt the three points. They won for one so, game. Yeah, for one game. Happened to us when we played Rui Funt. Oh <laughs> yeah, what a player! Good yeah. Sign him up. <laughs> That's what I want this summer. Forget everyone else. Charles, you're having a laugh, mate. Rui Fonte's where it's at. Yeah. So I've just noticed that you did a forward review of Oliver picked our pocket, Albert, which was also very Brilliant. good Dickensian and good. Well done. Uh, and J Dog went for Dougie's team broken up? Question mark. It's interesting point to note actually that we're. Um... If you read it like Dougie's team broken up, you don't have to say question mark. 
<laughs> on that bombshell. Thanks, Nick. Oh, you're taking the wind out of my proverbial sails. Was this going to be your Britain. Jerry bit at the end? I I, yeah, it might have been. I was heading that way, wasn't I, with the whole financial fair play rant, and then I got my, distracted myself, and then you just distracted me further. And now people, it's been like that over an hour and a half, and whoever's still listening, God bless them, have um, <laughs> I've now got this. How am I going to end it? Like that. Bye. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, I, gen- no, I, just, I do want to genuinely say, I really, really, really hope... Um, the QPR have to start at the very least have to start the season next year in the conference uh, <laughs> no less than what they deserve and you know <laughs> that is how I genuinely feel and, it, and like it's that. at the very least yeah. and the most? No, at the most <laughs> I don't know I don't know but, um, just no not existence um, I, honestly I've got no sympathy for them and wouldn't it's... they keep Millwall up though wouldn't they keep the third bottom team in the division to keep the numbers right I don't know possibly even oh, if they'd rather Millwall stayed up. No, I think they're just what they'd just do. They'd just mess around with uh, League Two, wouldn't they? They'd just get an extra yeah. team up or something like that. Whatever happens, I, you know, I, I just you cannot reward that level of overspending, and you cannot reward that. You know, and their fans are all dickheads, basically. So that that is my professional way of ending the show. <laughs> By QPR, your fans are all dickheads. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, thank you to Tav for producing, to Patrick, to Albert, to Nick, Helmet. and to Alex. Hel- Helmet. Helmet. <laughs> Helmet. All right. <laughs> Brilliant. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.